0: If you're from Chicago, you live in the Burbs, you live anywhere in this area, you know who Susanna Mendoza is, our Illinois controller. Um, Thank you for joining us on the show. How is Joaquin?
1: Oh, he's hanging in there. Thanks for asking, Lisa. He just got out of the hospital yesterday. He unfortunately had to have a finger on his left arm, the arm that he doesn't have uh, use of anymore. Unfortunately, that's where they do the dialysis, but he has very little blood flow in his hand. And he injured a finger, and they had to, unfortunately, amputate it, so... They just did that a couple days ago, I know, and uh, I picked him up from the hospital yesterday, but I will tell you that his spirits were good knowing that this legislation passed, and not just to help him, but
0: the other officers that he cares so much about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tell everybody about this legislation, and I think I saw you wipe a tear from your eye when the governor signed it, right?
1: Yeah, certainly more than one. It's uh, hard to not get emotional whenever I talk about this issue, but my... uh, we, I'm very happy we passed the active duty bill. Which really, it breaks my heart that we had to actually pass legislation to correct this injustice. But um, my brother got sick with COVID back in November of 2020, before the vaccines were available. He was a Chicago detective sergeant. He worked 17 days straight in the thick of it, no days off, extended hours. And I called him on his birthday, actually, which was November 11th of 2020, and he had a cough. It was like his first day of symptoms, but two days later. He was fighting for his life at Northwestern Memorial. He spent 72 days hospitalized, lost both his kidneys, had five strokes, and has, has had countless surgeries related to the fact that he needs dialysis three days a week now. And so his last one was just, like I said, a couple days ago. And so it's just been a really, really terrible road that he's had to hoe um, as a result of the complications for COVID. But one of the worst things was that when he went before the, Chicago uh, Police Officers Annuity and Pension Fund to seek his duty disability benefits, which he should have been entitled to, they actually denied him because they said that he could not prove the exact act of duty that led to him contracting COVID. Which nobody can do.
0: None of us can accurately tell you where we got COVID, you know? Yeah,
1: and and they want to know the exact act of duty that led him to get COVID, which is an impossible standard of proof. And as you know, police officers can't arrest people over Zoom. Uh, They had to be in the thick of it. And they're not allowed legally to ask anyone what their COVID status is, right? So he came in contact with so many different people. And my brother was single. He was married to the job. He went home to an empty apartment literally slept two or three hours, showered and went back to work. So the only place he had been for those 17 days straight was, you know, in a COVID rampant police department and a city rampant with COVID where everybody else was asked to stay home. So it was really super horrible. I felt like it was so inhumane. It was just morally corrupt. And and it was a spit in the eye to the first responders who had no choice. And it was their calling to go out there and, and try to protect society while We were being asked to stay home, so yeah, it was terrible that the the city did that. The irony here is that if my brother had actually died from COVID during that exact same period of time before vaccines were available, uh, the city would have granted his family full duty death benefits. They would have given him the presumption of doubt that he contracted COVID while in the performance of an active duty. But because he didn't die, he's on his own, and so are all the other officers that have been denied. And so. It's super tragic. He was the first to go before the board, so he set the precedent. And then the following officer, the next one up, got denied. And then we, of course, have been challenging this. And so the other officers and firefighters who were going to go before the board decided to hold off because they didn't want to be formally denied and to see what happened with this legislation. So this legislation now gives all police and fire in Chicago, because, by the way, they're the only municipality in the entire state that does not protect their officers in this way, or their first responders. So now CPD, fire, and police um, get the rebuttable presumption that they did, in fact, contract COVID while in the performance of an act or acts of duty, hence why it's called the Act of Duty Bill, and um, that will make it retroactive to make sure that folks like my brother and Officer Diana Cordova-Nestad, who also contracted COVID and has to use oxygen tank 24-7 and has Uh, long, you know, forever more heart uh, condition related to COVID, um, that she as well will get her duty benefits, her duty disability benefits uh, fully reinstated. And by the way, health insurance, they're not giving these guys health insurance coverage with catastrophic healthcare needs. So,
0: And our perception was always that the cops and the firefighters were so well taken care of when it came to those benefits. I mean, that was one of the, you know, one of the perks of the job, so to speak, because there aren't many, that, you know, they would be taken care of when it comes to health and disability. And that's what first tipped me off to this story. Like, are you kidding me? I thought we were taking care of these folks.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, I said, like, at the press conference the other day, where the governor signed the bill that... It's like a weird, horrible twist of fate, right, that um, I hate it that it happened to my brother. I've been so distraught about it. I've been dealing with this with him for over two years now because I'm his primary caregiver now. And it breaks my heart to see what was once a strong, you know, go-getter police officer who now really needs his sister to just stay alive, you know, his right. family and uh, the help of others. But, and it breaks my heart. But if it had not happened to my brother, Lisa, I wouldn't even know that this was happening to our right. Chicago uh, first responders. And it shouldn't have to happen to the family member of a, you know, uh, literally elected official for this to become something that should be at the forefront. So the reality is that these guys suffer in silence. They don't go talk to their elected officials. They probably don't even realize that that's an option for them. And if it hadn't happened to my brother, this would still be happening. I just wouldn't know about it. Mm -hmm. And the worst part is not only do they suffer in silence, we've seen suicide rates just skyrocket amongst um, Illinois officers and Chicago police specifically. And you wonder why. I, I don't have to wonder why. It is a horrible nightmare to deal with the city and the disrespect that they show our frontline responders and uh, our first responders, and I fully understand why these guys feel that there's no other out. It sounds to me like you are
0: fired up enough. Susanna, it sounds like you are fired up enough that at some point you're going to run for a bigger office.
1: (laughs) I'm running for my life is what it feels like sometimes (laughs) when I have to deal with these folks. But but I I will just tell you that I do think that... um, this has kind of opened up a whole new new line of thought for me on what else, where are the other shortcomings with this pension fund and how they treat our officers and our firefighters, and what can we do uh, to help them not feel so alone? Because I don't want an officer feeling that they're, the city's message, right, was that you're worth more dead than you are alive, and that is the absolute opposite message that they should be sending. It should be a message of thanks, and what can we do to help Um, make up for the sacrifice that you've given for
0: our city. Susanna Mendoza, our Illinois controller, is on the phone. It's about this measure that the governor signed on Wednesday, and it was passed unanimously. So you can see how many people supported this effort. Everybody did. It would be foolish to not support this effort. Are you going to be at the inauguration of Brandon Johnson on Monday? Oh, for sure. You better believe it. I will be there. And uh, I'm sure
1: everyone is going to be at the inauguration. It's a, it's a, obviously a very monumental um, day for Chicago.
0: So when you say everybody, like, I, what, I will we, say what will we happy expect? That, uh,
1: well, I, I can imagine that the governor, I can't speak for him, but I'd be shocked if he's not there. All of the constitutional officers, I'm sure, will be there. Every single alderman, of course, is being sworn in as well, along with the new mayor. And everyone from the press is going to be there. Um, and I don't know who else is on the invite list, but I can assure you that I would assume that that pavilion is going to be pretty pretty full.
0: Yeah, I saw on his website today, he was saying, please plan on arriving early because for people <laughs> who just went on to, you know, get their free ticket, that will be standing room only or first come, first serve. And then he's going to open up City Hall and allow people to come in and visit? Yeah,
1: they've done that every time. Because remember, I used to be city clerk before I was right. Uh, right uh controller, and so we always get sworn in at the same time as the mayor and the alderman, and we would always do open houses, and he's keeping that tradition going, which I think is nice, right? I mean, people have an opportunity on that day to come to City Hall, and typically the mayor, the city clerk, and the treasurer all hold their own little meet and greets, but it's might be the one time that a Chicagoan gets to meet a mayor that, you know, in their own office and uh, get a fun
0: picture, so yeah. yeah. I like good. that, and and I just anticipate it being very packed.
1: Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, it always is, and I would think that anytime you have a new mayor, right, whether people voted for that mayor or not, doesn't matter. It's a huge change for the city of Chicago. We want um, all of our mayors to be successful, and I think that that marks the beginning of a of a new era, a new term, and you know, hopefully, you know, progress for our city. Right, that's why everybody should come together, no matter where they were in an election cycle. And hope for the best for the city.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have a beautiful Mother's Day weekend.
1: Oh, you too. Thank you. And tomorrow's my birthday. So, yeah. Oh, have like oh a, my gosh. It's, it's a big weekend. My birthday's not, yeah, it's actually not on Mother's Day this year, but uh, sometimes it falls It's a double whammy. But yes, my brother whispered to my husband that his birthday gift for me, should be taking me to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. Isn't that so cute? I think he <laughs> wants fantastic. to go see Guardians of the Galaxy, but he's like, Mommy, I think, really wants to go see it. So I think that's what we're going to go see. It's not a surprise, but he thinks it's a surprise. But, yeah, so anyway, everyone enjoy your weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, and, and thank you for all of the prayers and the well wishes for my brother. They have been felt, they've been appreciated, and we return them right back at you.
0: And happy birthday, Susanna for you. <laughs> Susanna Mendoza, our Illinois controller, and the birthday girl this weekend. Lauren your News coming up next on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent WGN.